the truth is out there, out there, out there, out there. I want to believe. If there's a point, Mulder, please feel free to come to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number five of The Truth is Out There, X-Files podcast. My name is Barry Wallace, and my co-host is... I'm living in a cave, smoking through my trach hole. This is Michael Hickerson. <laughs> and you keep losing body parts that just keep falling off. It's really sad. Yeah. I'm, what was the, There was something I remember where a guy and his body was just slowly falling apart. Maybe it was an X-Files episode. It, I don't it know. It might have been. I can't imagine they wouldn't have gone there... I mean, there's a guy, people that lose their heads and get them growing back, so uh, Cigarette Smoky Man is probably no exception. But uh, you can email us your thoughts about falling off body parts at the truth is out there podcast at, j- at gmail.com. You can go to our Facebook site, The Truth Is Out There Podcast, and Twitter is Out There Podcast for you to give us your thoughts on the back half of this Reunion season of the X Files, season ten. Mike, what were your impressions of this last uh, second half of this season overall? Well, I liked I liked the Garbage Man episode. Okay, um, I thought that it was a very, in terms of giving a nice character story for Scully, I thought that was worth the time and price of admission. Uh, the last two <laughs> have convinced me that. Uh, Chris Carter needs to never, ever write the X-Files ever again. <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think I liked um, my. Uh, I think I liked Babylon, which was the fifth episode. I think I liked it a little better than you did. Uh, I read your review of it the other day. And I apologize to everyone out there. We've uh, had some scheduling problems. Things get come up and all that kind of thing. So we have not been able to do to our to do our full reviews of each of the episodes. So we're going to talk about all three and yeah. uh, today and probably just an emphasis on the finale. Um, but uh, So let's, let's go over the, uh, the other two, the uh, four and five, really quick and, and give our thoughts on that. So um, Home Again was not about the home gang, the, uh, unfortunately, which I was hoping it would. Um, but that's okay. Well, maybe we'll save those for another season. But um, this one was about, like you said, the trash can, the trash can man. Is that what was the, was, the artist's name? Was, or the trash was it man? The garbage man? I don't know. I don't know. It was the guy who had like the bandaid that would fall off his nose and then. Right. He was the, the artist was the trash man or the trash can yeah. man, and he drew and molded and modeled uh, this person or caricature that came alive and and basically ripped limb from limb the uh, uh, people who were turning out the homeless in his neighborhood. And uh, it seemed like a you know kind of a classic concept for an X Files episode. Yeah. Let me just make an observation about the season as a whole. It was okay. not a good season to be a Battlestar Galactica guest star because they really got tortured and maimed in all kinds <laughs> of creative ways. Maybe uh, maybe they they are getting back at at Battlestar for some reason. I have no idea why, but uh, but uh, so the 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 monster of the week plot of that episode. Um, was forgettable. It was forgettable. I, yeah, it wasn't the best of the three Monster of the Weeks, really four uh, that we got, um, or non-mythology type episodes uh, by any stretch. Um, but it was more of a mainstream kind of Monster of the Week that we that we saw. We didn't, it wasn't any. I don't think it was really anything special. At least that part of the plot. No, it didn't feel like anything that special. It just sort of felt like a. I don't know. It just. Like I said, 
I sort of noticed in these last three episodes that the shortened running time, you know, it's only probably only about two or three minutes from what we were used to towards the end, but it just seemed like they needed another two or three minutes hmm. to, to feel complete, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, did, I hadn't noticed it, but, but uh, I see what you mean. You know, I, I think if you'd had another two or three minutes with the Monster of the Week in uh, Home Again, it might have been better. But then again, you know, they gave so much time to, to Scully's story that I really enjoyed watching Gillian Anderson's actor socks off it, and I enjoyed that, and I really honestly found myself not missing the Monster of the Week that much. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're back to the Monster of the Week kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I just sort of wonder, and, and I guess as a whole we'll, we'll ask this question. I mean, have these writers forgotten how to do a good X-Files episode? Well, you know, you can't hardly blame them because they've been out of the game for a while. And, and, and yeah. I think we talked about this in an earlier podcast is that the world has changed a lot. Our world has changed. The world of the X-Files has changed a lot in the 15 years or so since, uh, since the final episode, regular season episode aired, and even you know, before that. So it's not, you know, the, if the X-Files came out today, it would be a much different type of show. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're continuing, of course, to go back to the well where they've succeeded in the past. And uh, while, they, while they did well, I think, with the... Uh, Mulder and Scully meet the were, were monster, and yeah. um, what was the second episode? Foundation, Founders Mutation. Yes. Um, I think they did pretty well with those. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always work. The formula does not always work, and uh, I think they haven't had yeah. enough time. Maybe, you know, if and when they come back for a uh, next season, maybe we'll get some more fleshed out uh, episodes that fit this time period better. Well, and they sort of hinted around it a little bit, you know, in the the three Chris Carter episodes, which was, uh, it seemed to me that they seemed to be saying, he's like, remember how we used to think Mulder was, was so paranoid about everything? Well, now it's all coming true, and Mulder looks like a prophet, or you know, yeah. instead of the most paranoid guy on the block. And I think maybe that was what the point that Chris Carter was trying to make with, um, with Einstein and Miller in Babylon, but I don't think he made it very well. Yeah, well, we'll talk about, I think, uh, okay. when we get to the uh, the finale, yeah. uh, about what yeah. their legacy is going forward. But um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Mulder, excuse me, about Scully and her mother. And her, 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 to me, I had not heard of her having a younger brother than Bill. Was that ever said in the series, or did he just come out of nowhere? I want to say that... Because even when Melissa died... Yeah. And when her yeah. father died in early, early on, and we saw Bill, and we saw his wife, his pregnant wife, yeah. um, we never – I don't remember ever hearing anything about a younger brother. Well, I just wondered if he was mentioned in passing in Beyond the Sea because that was one of the ten episodes Chris Carter pointed us to to review. And I was trying to – and I didn't have time to go back and pull out the DVDs or the Netflix, but I was, I was going to go to the scene of Scully's – father's funeral and see and count how many people were there. Yeah, and I, I, I watched that one not too long ago in my rewatch, and I don't remember anything being mentioned about him, but regardless, he's apparently estranged from the family, and the fact that he uh, did we hear his voice talking to Mrs. Scully on the phone? I think we did. Yes, he calls and she puts him on speakerphone. That's right, and then she talks about that I have a younger, I had a son Bill, or Whatever. I have a son, William too. William too. But we never saw this actor, yeah. an actor playing this character. Yeah. So it makes me think yeah. that if he had been on the show before, maybe that's why they didn't show him was because they couldn't get the actor back, or who knows. Yeah. But it was just an, odd for for that act, that character to kind of come out of the blue 
Um, why would you know? Why wouldn't it be Bill? If you're not even going to have him on the show, you might as well have it be Bill being yeah. the one that talks to her. But anyway, <laughs> well, and and who's to say that this wasn't in a forgotten monster of the week episode from season eight or nine that we you didn't you know hit on in your True. mythology rewatch? True. So there could. I don't know, and it's not like we have this thing where you can type in information and it, it gives you it back that we can look up. Information. It's too bad that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> well, you know, Scully is the Google, so yeah. <laughs> well, the internet's not good for Mulder, and it's probably not good for us either. Probably not. Well, beside, it's kind of beside the point. So, but that's just a, a little thing. But uh, but overall, I thought yeah. I mean it was nice to see her mother again. It's nice to see the actress. Yeah. It's kind of too bad that she didn't get any scenes really with Scully. She just had to lie there and. And uh, and be comatose until the very end, at least. Um, but I liked the continuity and wrapping up, and the fact that um, she, the fact that she and Bill obviously were never, or at least during the show, were never really that close. No. So she effectively has lost her entire family due to you know the X Files, her her involvement with the X Files, more or less. Well, and I, and I I liked it because I, I think if I remember back when we were watching season eight, especially season nine, when they gave William up for adoption, that it just seemed like there were very few emotional consequences to that for Scully. It was kind of like, oh, well, we gave him up because every monster on the eastern seaboard knew where Scully lived. <laughs> and I was always like, move, Scully, move. Uh, but I just liked that it, if there's one thing this season gave us was that it gave us kind of them dealing with the ramifications of decisions for both of them. And I, I liked – that character arc for Mulder and Scully. So I think that they did well with that. Right. I, I'm not sure if they quite – they really didn't stick the landing with it, though. Yeah. It, it, once again, there's more out there that to follow up. Why does she yeah. – you know, why does she say the things that she did about William to yeah. Mulder? Um, what was the what was the ultimate point? I don't know if, if that was designed to wrap that up or if there's still more that we are going to be waiting to see. I guess we'll find out. I think we'll get to that. We'll get to that once we talk about the end of episode of My Struggle Part Two. Oh, and I'll, yeah. Maybe maybe we can uh, can rant a little bit more than I did <laughs> in my blog post. <laughs> well, let's jump then uh, to um, uh, Babylon, which introduces us to uh, Mulder and Scully Light, <laughs> otherwise known as the Kids. And uh, what did you think of Miller and Einstein? Generation 2. Yeah, the well, X-Files, the next generation. Well, I'll just say that for me, Babylon was such an episode. It just felt like Chris Carter was had 15 different stories he wanted to put in there. And by golly, he was going to put all 15 in whether you wanted to or not. Um, I don't know. It felt like, okay, A, we were trying to do a, a setup for a spinoff with right. uh, Miller and Einstein. Not sure that it was entirely achieved because I don't feel like they got enough screen time for me to really be invested in them other than thinking it's Mulder and Scully light. Yeah, and and just – I liked Agent, Agent Einstein. I hate the name. Yeah. <laughs> I like, But I like the character, but the, what, what confuses me is I, I, I'm not sure because we're not sure what their, what their role is going to be. I mean they're kind of like Doggett and Reyes yeah. to, an, to an extent. They're sort of the B team. For the X Files, yeah. um, but but the fact that she has red hair and looks like yeah. Scully, and the fact that Miller has dark hair and is, looks like a young Mulder to yeah. an extent, you know, it was that 
Was it supposed to be that way? Or wasn't there another another set of, of investigators in another episode early on that was kind of looked like the two of them? I thought there was in the, the second episode, maybe a little bit. I don't know. But so it just it was so on the nose being just like the two of them. I, I couldn't quite figure out if it was intentionally intentional or just intentional. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know what I mean, but it was just odd. It took me out of it. The fact what I was trying to figure out, what in the world did they look like them that closely for? Yeah, and it kind of didn't help that you basically had Scully pair off with Miller, which is Mulder Light, and you had uh, Mulder pair off with Einstein. Um, okay, let me just ask this, because this is something that, that bothered me in the last episodes. Was the first couple episodes made such a big deal about Mulder being on his medication, and do you think that was – was it made clear in – uh, Babylon, that that was why Mulder didn't ask Scully to help him with the the hallucinogen because she thought it would conflict with his medication because she was treating him. Is that why he went to Einstein? I I didn't get that impression. I got the impression that I, I thought that they had actually planned it together that they would go after their their you know yeah. team up with their counterparts um, and and sort of double team the the the, the next generation kids. Um, yeah, except. But it sort of seemed like that oh, – I forgot. One of them calls the other, and they seem surprised that they're in Texas. Yeah, but it just doesn't seem possible that they that they both could have come up with the same idea and, yeah. and, and not told the other that they were going to do it and it succeed you know, completely yeah. without there being some collusion between the two of them, meaning Mulder yeah. and Scully. So yeah. I think that's just uh, – that's part of – if that was not intended, and it doesn't look like it was, judging by – like you said, when they were seemed to be surprised about where they where each other was and yeah. and all that, it just seems like a waste or you know it was a failed plot premise. So yeah, I just have to I just have to say this, you know, Robbie Amell, go back to go back to uh, the Flash and be Firestorm. <laughs> oh, that's where he was. Okay. Yeah, I, I think he was better suited for that role than he was for this one. I, I don't know. Well, I'm you know not to uh, to to badmouth or, or criticize too much, but I didn't think that Miller had any kind of a presence on screen as an investigator, as you know, as a um, uh, a believer like Mulder is. I mean, obviously Einstein and the actress that played her um, was was doing the skeptic bit. The the yeah. season one Scully bit, you know, yeah. out the out the you know, to the nth degree, and you could definitely tell that she had all that skepticism built right in, but Miller just seemed like you know like like second season Crycheck. Well, I honestly thought when we got to uh, My Struggle Part Two, and Miller figures out how to find Mulder, which I'm surprised nobody else could <laughs> figure that out. Yeah, surprise. I guess Scully has never heard of Find My Phone. Yeah. But I really thought for a minute, I thought when he showed up where he does, I thought, oh, he's another Crycheck. He's going to betray Mulder or say something like, haha, look, I brought him here. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then they're going to cackle wildly, evilly together. Yeah, and there's, there's just a lot of premises that were set up that never seemed to pay off the way that you're used to them paying off. And, and I don't, like you said, are they just not used to writing anymore? They're just forgotten how to do it? Well, I think if I had to come down with one word for these last two episodes, it would be rushed. Yeah. There's, there's never. I mean, at least with, with a garbage man and all the other episodes, 
well, the other three that were non-Chris Carter, there was time for things to happen to Mulder and Scully and time for it to kind of sink in on the audience and them instead of, oh, here's this. Now we've got to move on. It just felt very frantic. Like Chris Carter knew he only had X amount of time and he had to cram in as many yeah. plot threads as he wanted to. And I, I feel like the episodes as a whole suffered. Yeah. So Now, what do you think about the, the actual plot of Babylon, the fact that there was a, 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 a Middle Eastern man who was out there following his – his uh, his people and blowing blowing folks up, but being com- able to be communicated with um, in his coma um, by especially by Mulder, who t- t- supposedly took the mushrooms, but didn't actually, and still had a hallucination. I thought that was the weirdest episode of Twenty Four I have ever seen. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I I get Chris Carter. I mean, I understand what Chris Carter was trying to say, which is that. No religion raises – or no religion should raise people to be martyrs along the lines of whether whatever belief system that you have. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that terrorists have mothers who didn't raise them to become suicide bombers. And I, I get that point. I feel like that that point was kind of uh, very strongly enforced throughout the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't but really just, a pl- an X-Files plot. It's a 24 plot. No, no, it wasn't. The only X-Files connection was that let's bring them in because we have this way of communicating with them psychically, but then Scully finds the way to communicate with them, you know, basically by going Captain Pike, yes or no. Yeah, yeah. Well, like nobody so, ever thought of that before. It was some, it was some uh, revolutionary communication technique. I, I mean, honestly, I, I kept waiting for Kiefer Sutherland to come in. With uh, with Chloe and say we've got to communicate with you know like that would be some something that would come up on a twenty four season exactly you know, like midway through the season like we have to tread water between you know the bomb you know as we transition from the first threat to the second threat you know oh well let's try to communicate with him through his his brain waves yeah yeah well I guess it's part of the reason they used that particular plot was was the fact that they wanted to be more relevant to the to the current time and and what's more relevant than the threat of international terrorism, you know, in in the post 9/11 world. So I can see yeah. them wanting to do a story based on that, um, but I, I, I don't think it turned out the way that they intended it to. And um, and then you, of course, you got to see during his hallucination some some really weird crap. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, and I started to take Mulder's hallucination a little more seriously than. I think Chris Carter did. I think he just did like, oh, it'd be fun to have the lone gunman come in. And, it, and I, I was starting to think, especially when they went on the, the, I guess for lack of a better term, the barge of the dead. Yeah, I thought that too. It's a Star Trek Klingon reference to those who don't understand. But I really thought that when I saw Cigarette Smoking Man on there as the taskmaster on the, you know, the, the barge for the dead, I thought, oh, this is going to have some kind of symbolic significance. Like Mulder's subconscious is telling him something. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was going to play out in the finale, and then of course it doesn't. It's just let's have the cigarette smoking man whipping Mulder, and you have Skinner there in his cowboy hat. Yeah, um, you know I'll be honest, and I've watched that scene several times, and I only saw Frohickey. No, I only saw Langley, the blonde guy, and the other two were there. Yeah, they were there. Uh, um, I saw, I saw Byers and uh, the one who's bearded. 
but without the long hair, it was harder to see from what I've heard. I went back and I had to like I had to go frame by frame, pausing on the DVR to catch them. I know that they uh, they couldn't they, when they were getting ready to film this, they couldn't find one of the actors. He was living in Australia and kind of off the grid apparently, and they one of the other actors tracked him down so that they could yeah. come and do this scene. And and it's a little it's I mean actually it's a lot disappointing to me that. We were teased that they were going to be on there. We knew they were going to be eventually. And we thought it might be, a, you know, a ghost sequence kind of like in the end. Or it might be a dream or a flashback. But it was a hallucination, which is like the worst choice of the four to me. Yeah. If you're going to bring these characters back. And I was really disappointed in that. Well, I guess if they had been, if somehow there had been a, flashback in My Struggle Part 2 of, of Mulder talking to them as they talked about the timeline unfolding for when the uh, the virus would get out. Right. I would have felt a lot better about that than, you know, because they're there. I mean, I can't believe that they were only there for that little screen time. You know, they must have, must have taken a day to shoot that. Yeah, exactly. They had no interaction with Mulder as characters. Yeah. And, which is, and that was where the fun was. Right, exactly. You want to see them interact with each other. And and Scully, you know, if possible, because you, there's all kinds of character relationships between the five of them that were really, really good, and you didn't see any of that. They were just, they might as well have been cardboard cutouts of themselves, or, you know, they could have CGI'd them in there, and yeah, you never would have cared. I say, if you couldn't have found one, I mean, you could have just, you know, green screened one with motion capture stuff and, yeah. you know, digitally inserted his face for all we know. Yeah, so I think that was unfortunately a waste, and, and I think we're, I'm going to talk about waste of another character here in, in a few minutes <laughs> that comes back. But uh, anything else on Babylon that we kind of need to cover as we move into the finale? Well, when I first saw it, I said it was the weakest of the, the, the five that I had seen at that point. And I, I don't know, it's kind of, it's, I'll have to get back on whether or not, we, we may get back and rank the episodes. Okay. Towards the end of the podcast, or, oh, but I, I don't know. It would be down in my bottom two at least. <laughs> All right, so we're getting to the finale and um, my uh, my struggle part two, and I wanted to mention before we get started on this uh, is the fact that one of the overarching plot points throughout these six episodes that I noticed was the fact that that. Carter, I guess, as being the showrunner, kept Mulder and Scully separated for a large majority of of the the total of these six episodes. Did, did you notice that? It was a little more obvious in the, the My Struggle Part Two, but the, but I sort of thought of it as you know, if you remember when the mythology was really kind of uh, humming on all cylinders, Mulder and Scully tended to go off on their own little side quests. Yeah, in season, I'm thinking like seasons. Three through six, you know, Mulder and Scully tended to to separate for the right. mythology episode. So I didn't take it, but I sort of felt like too this that you know, but that Chris Carter missed the point of what made Where Monster and mm-hmm. uh, other ones work so well was just watching the two of them play off of each other again. Exactly, you know, the chemistry these two actors have because in um, in Home Again. Um, Scully is with her mom for the majority of the, of the episode. Then she wants to go back in the field for you know a yeah. little bit, but Mulder is doing the majority of the tracking down of the trash man. And in Babylon, of course, they're paired off with their counterparts for the vast majority of the episode. 
and then in in this my struggle too, Mulder is off on his own, and they and doesn't isn't with Scully until the very last scene. So the amount of screen time that the two of them have, and, and I can't remember right offhand for the other three, uh, the first three, you know, to compare, but for the, the amount of screen time the two of them had together over these six episodes is much less than I would have liked, and and it was as typical. And I'm not sure what the purpose of that was. I wondered if it was because of people's schedules, and they, you know, they wrote them a certain way, as in, uh, like, you know, Mulder and Scully meet the Monster, which you have that long scene where Mulder is talking to the Monster. Right. I wonder if because Jillian Anderson was doing, you know, something else, that maybe she was doing publicity for the show, so she couldn't be, you know, sometimes they write episodes a certain way to keep actors, you know, in different scenes, so that way they can go off and do other things. Yeah. Maybe it was for scheduling, they had to do it this way. It could be, I guess. I, I don't know. It just seems like more of a, there was more of a plot need for them to be separated because of the separation between the two of them that they've, you know, that they've had for the last 15 years or 10 years, however they've actually been apart from each other. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, I mean, I, I would have been nice to have seen that sort of recognized and, and commented on. It's like, well, you know, we've been apart for so long and then suddenly we're thrust yeah. back together as, yeah. as partners, but yeah. we're having trouble enjoying each other's company. So we yeah. want to be apart. You know, it would have been nice to have seen an acknowledgement of that, but, but we didn't. Or maybe, you know, since the the last movie ended with them, you know, being together romantically, and now it's apparently not falling, you know, it would, it would probably be a little awkward if you had to work with your ex. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is, but, you know, they, they go beyond that, obviously. They're not yeah. just romantic couple. They are, are souls. I mean, they really are two halves of the same soul, and I don't want to get too deep into <laughs> Mulder and Scully mysticism, but I think they are. They're, you know, it's the... Yeah. Yep. It's the Kirk and Spock. It's the you know that you've got the logic and the emotion, the 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 skeptic and the believer, that are are really make up one whole person when they're together. Yep. And when they're not, then you see yep. how how this. I think the show can yep. suffer if it's over the long haul. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about that. I was reminded uh, the X Files. The first X Files movie was on the other day, and I think one of the best scenes in that movie is when. Uh, they've got the car, and they're out uh, at the crossroads, and Mulder says left, and Scully says right, and the answer is going straight ahead. Yeah, exactly. You're right. I, I, feel, I feel like that, that scene sums up the X-Files and Mulder and Scully to a T, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe some of these episodes, maybe Chris Carter needs to go back and watch his movie again. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, It's on every other day on IFC, so why not? <laughs> it, it's the fact that only, together, only working together are they able to, 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 to really you know, solve – not only the cases that they're on, but their own problems, their own difficulties. Um, they're not complete without each other. So, um, so we we're, we're oh, go ahead. And you, and you kind of saw that with with how Mulder was willing to drop uh, the garbage man case to sit there with Scully. Right. You know, I, I don't think you would have seen season one Mulder doing that. No, and that's to be expected. Obviously, he wasn't. He didn't have the connection with her. He didn't trust her for the you know until uh, until the season went on. Yeah. But with all the, the the experiences they have together, um, uh, it, it just seems like that, that and, and even the, the fact that they are you know were or are still estranged to an extent, the fact that they need each other and they're most comfortable with each other, it, it was it was broadcast pretty well on the scenes they were together. Yeah. Um, when when Mulder, you know, at the end of Babylon, when they're walking yeah. together, Mulder is sitting on his porch and Scully drives up 
and it's so comfortable for them to go out for a walk together and they and Mulder hears god horns or whatever it is he hears that's 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 where they need to be they need to be with each other and and not off you know solving mysteries apart so but anyway, so we, we have a rehash of uh, a little bit of the first episode with, with Tad yeah. O'Malley. Um, I mean, the, the long five-minute solilo- soliloquy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scully's uh, Where Were They Now, or My, My Story, yeah. uh, which was an interesting bookend and actually seemed longer than Mulder's from the first episode. It's kind of kept going on and on. Uh, I kept going like, and then I went out and bought a car. <laughs> <laughs> And then I met this guy, and he was so dreamy. Yeah, and he had a tattoo that talked to him, totally. <laughs> uh, but no, okay, so now we see the the latest wrinkle in the uh, the conspiracy is the fact that... Uh, all right, help me. Help me see if I can, if I can okay. figure this out. The, now, am I correct in assuming... That we the smallpox vaccine did or did not contain alien DNA. Uh, apparently, if you were a selected few, and I don't know how they picked the selected few, but it did not contain it because it the smallpox vaccine eventually weakened your system so much that when the new super anthrax was introduced that everyone started dying as, as near as I can figure out. I was thinking it was something like that, but we, I mean, we, I think we were, it was established that the smallpox was tracking people, yeah. you know, they, but they weren't given anything. And actually I got the impression that the, their, their, the alien virus was introduced into uh, into humanity's systems, either um, through the smallpox pox vaccine or just in the air, you know, today. And the fact, and it, what it was was it just it, it it broke down and eliminated our immune systems, but it didn't actually. It wasn't actually. That's not what actually killed people or made them sick. It was their sudden vulnerability to all the diseases that were out there that the body normally fights off. And, but there were some, and I don't know how much we can take of what Ted said as being "quote unquote" true. Right. But um, wasn't there something about something in the car in the in the trails of airlines that the chemtrails? Yeah, the chemtrails, and there was something. Oh, and our microwaves were killing us too. Well, there's always that, but uh, but I think that's right. I think it was something that was introduced that broke down the immu- immune systems. It wasn't a, like a killer virus in and of itself. And and those the the people that were abducted, aka Scully, that's yeah. when the alien DNA was put in their system. And I guess the the girl from the first episode too, probably before she was blown up, blowed up real good. Um, but all well, and and if and this is where my memory is is fuzzy. Wasn't Mulder allegedly taken by the conspiracy in season seven and eight or or? or Eight, so couldn't he have become one of the select few? Well, he was. I think he was being made into a super soldier. Okay. And that's and then okay. the cigarette man. That's different. Yeah, the cigarette smoking man was getting the uh, had the brain transplant or the brain stem cell thing, which eventually killed him. And I think if I remember the the super soldier program. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> was being done I, by the aliens. Yeah. 
to combat the uh, who knows. Anyway, it's just. I, I think Chris Carter wishes that we would. I almost feel like these two episodes were say, "Here's the pieces of the mythology that are important, and just forget all the rest of it," because I certainly have. Yeah, I, I, I can I can get that, but you know what? I just I can't I can't forget that because I'm just the type of person where. Everything that you've introduced, this is the same with Lost, it was the yeah. same with yeah. Galactica, yeah. the new one, um, and any other type of anthology show out there that has a mythology to it. Everything yeah. you introduce as being yeah. true yeah. has to be accounted for. Yeah. Either at, you know, if, if you establish it as true in season four, yeah. and this is the X-Files to a big extent, yeah. and then you forget about it in season ten... Yeah. You have to either say, oh, we were lying, or we were wrong, or yeah. you can't just ignore it. And that's just bad writing, even if it's super soldiers or, or you know, whatever else. I think I figured it out. Please. I think Fonzie is writing The X-Files. <laughs> remember, Fonzie could never say he was... <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, no, we, we can't... We can't. Turn my childhood idol of Fonzie into Chris Carter. <laughs> That's just wrong. No, that was but, but I feel like that. You know, I mean, a lot of people had a lot invested in the mythology. I mean, if you remember, like seasons two through six, I mean, that was what that was what got the buzz going. Right. And then for Carter to basically say, "Well, just don't worry about that. Here's just remember these little pieces of it." Like, it's almost like he went. I'm like, well, went for like the big pieces. Like, you know. I think if you ask people that they say, oh, yeah, remember there was something about aliens and the smallpox vaccine and taking over. You know, it's almost like he went for the uh, the very generalized – like if, like if you did a Saturday Night Live skit version of the <laughs> mythology, I mean, for lack of a better term, where you just hit the, the high points of it. Yeah. For the, because going in too deep, you're going to lose your casual fan. Yeah. But that's – you know, that's fine. It's yeah. the, I think it's the ones that really try to get into it are the ones that 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 are your true you know the ones that carry the yeah. the, the the legacy of it along that want to that want to watch the wrap ups to to get it all explained out. And, and let me just say this I, I mean um, I've read uh, there used to be a uh, there's a, a TV critic named Alan Steppenwall and he said that one of the frustrating things is that uh, TV executives still operate under the old models they think that fans of a show only watch one episode of every four that are aired, so you have to have a lot of recap and stuff. So I wonder, too, if these X-Files episodes were made under that assumption. Then, you know, that... Uh, you know, there's a lot of... You know, like, if you watch an ep Like, let's say you watch a, a new show, like The Flash. Uh -huh. If you watch the pilot and you watch the second episode, the first, the second episode really kind of recaps the premise of the first one a great deal. Yeah. I just think... I don't think that... I don't know. I, I just feel like that they really dropped the ball with the mythology. And and who knows? You know, we still have more. There's still more to come. I'm sure there will be. Um, so it may all end up making sense. You know, like I said, if they come back and, and offer an explanation or a justification yeah. or something about you know, it addresses the things we've known yeah. before. It was all a mass hallucination that started in 1947 with the Roswell yeah. crash, and the entire humanity has just imagined their their own world since then. You know, even that would make more sense than than what we're getting. 
Scully wakes up and Mulder's in the shower? It's something to that effect. You know, we hate the Bobby Ewing excuse, but it would almost make more sense. But uh, now, now let me – I just have a couple of questions yeah. about the finale as I was watching. Okay. One, did you expect um, Rance Howard's character from the first episode to somehow come back and be the informant that would – lead Scully from A to C about the the virus. I assumed he would because he was in the uh in the previews. Yeah. But he never came back. And I have another I have a question for you after you ask yours. Yes. Okay. Well, this may tie into what I think you're going okay. to lead to. So maybe this will put it. Do you think that having Rance Howard come back would have been more effective than having Monica Reyes do it? And I'll just go and head head and say my answer is yes because they didn't give Reyes a good reason to work with CSM. No, they didn't. You're right. And they didn't give her... They really didn't even give her a a good reason for even being in the show. She didn't bring... You know, her her specialty was being a a believer and, you know, something that was similar to Mulder. And she was only there for, you know, basically for exposition and to move the plot along. Well, I just... You just have to wonder about working for CSM... You know, what is it about working for him that makes people want to go and be an informant for Mulder? I mean, this is like three or four people who have gone, you know what? This guy's really not doing right. I've got to go tell Mulder what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I didn't quite get what her, her point was. I guess she, it turns out she was the one in the first episode uh, tag that, that gave the cigarette to the Smoky Man. Because they kind of replayed that whole scene. But I can't, and this is just, and again, I haven't watched a lot of season eight and nine, and I feel like I, I need to now, but where did they leave Reyes when we left her? Where, I mean, you watched the finale. Where, where was she headed? They, I always got the feeling that she and Doggett had this kind of like unrequited Well, I kind of thought so, other. too, and, I, and when I went back and rewatched the see, the series and doing the mythology, I didn't see, you know, I, I purposefully skipped over a lot of the eight and nine non-mythology episodes, and there were a lot of those, so there was a lot of character development. Yeah. Like, it was interesting... There at the very uh, end of the series, eighth and ninth season, that that Scull- Scully seemed to care a lot more about Doggett than you yeah. kind of understood because it didn't really yeah. see that. So there's yeah. a lot that that I think I missed. Um, yeah. But at the as at the end of the series, yeah. no, I think they were just they were just partners and they were helping Mulder and Scully, yeah. you know, when they could and and rescued them from the canyon where CSM yeah. supposedly died, and that was kind of the last we saw of them. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I just really feel like, honestly, I feel like Chris Carter wanted to, to pull out a familiar character, so we're like, oh look, it's Monica, instead of actually having us. If they had established like that, he said like he said something to her that made her feel like she had to help him. That there was something about her time with the X Files, yeah. with Mulder, with Scully, yeah. and Mulder too. You know, that said that she had he, to help. Yeah, or he had something. That he could hang over her head. I don't feel like he had any. He didn't have anything to hang over her head. He didn't have any. Anything other than like, ha ha, look, I'm all burned up and ugly. Well, if she'd walked away, what was going to happen to her? If he said like, well, I'm going to destroy your career and your whole life, and I'm going to take Doggett away, and well, uh, that's kind. I'm going to hurt Doggett's. Didn't Doggett have kids or a son? Or he something? had a son that died way before yeah. the show started. That was his yeah. kind of arc. Yeah. Um, but I thought. And this would have actually worked better for for what you're talking about when when um, when Do- uh, shoot when Reyes was telling Scully her story, 
And she came into that room, and there was the bandaged, horrible, disfigured-looking person. I thought it was Doggett. I thought yeah. it was, I mean, not, not Robert Patrick, yeah. but the character Doggett. Something yeah. had happened to him, yeah. and then that would have made a, a much yeah. better reason for the yeah. CSM to, yeah. to have a kind of hold on her. Um, so, and I was kind of disappointed that it yeah. wasn't him, and that would have been a good way to bring the character back, but not the actor. Or even if you wanted to tie it into, you know, it seemed like one of the themes of the season was William, you know, and Reyes was invested in helping True. Scully take care of William, and he said, I will go and hurt William, and you can't tell Mulder and Scully this. Right. You know, and because Monica was loyal, out of her loyalty to Scully, that she helped him to save William, yeah. and then she's the... She is how they figure out where William is so they can save Mulder. Then I, I would almost think that was a better – look, we're writing better character arcs than Chris Carter. <laughs> <laughs> it's not difficult, apparently. <laughs> apparently it only takes five or ten minutes on a podcast to think of this stuff. I know, and I know it. So yeah, I think she, they were kind, she, her character was kind of wasted um, for, for what it was there for. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was wasted as much as it was just a poorly served. Right. You know. And she wasn't – I mean, the, was she there – with Mulder and Miller, or had she like wandered off? When, I don't know. When, so let me ask this: Is Reyes one of the special people who gets to survive? Well, that too? that was what made her. I mean, that was what CSM offered her. If he would help, if she would help him, yeah. then she, he was going to give her the means to survive. Yeah. And apparently, so, she took it because she's there yeah. with him, which makes yeah. her a sellout, and that really, yeah. you know, kind of denigrates her character. Yeah. And how does CSM not know where she's gone? Who, um, Reyes? I mean, how long has she been out on uh, – why did it – I guess my thing is like, okay, so if let's say that she's become disillusioned with working for CSM and decides to go tell Scully, well, why did she wait until the last possible moment? Oh, okay. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know what I'm – Yeah. You know, it's sort of like Deep Throat was there from the beginning for Mulder giving him breadcrumbs so that when they got to the big thing that they were ready. It seems like that Ray has kind of like just waited around until like, oh, oh, by the way, all of humanity is dying. I guess I'd better tell Scully about how to cure everyone. Well, you know, I mean, I always got the impression that 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 and from the very beginning that while Deep Throat was he part of, I guess he was a, a member of the cabal of the conspiracy group. We never well, saw the him there, but we never saw him there. But he and, and Cigarette Man and Mulder's dad had. Scenes together, young them. I, I guess I always got the impression that they were that that he that the Deep Throat was a a, a person in the government of an equal level or a, you know a fairly comparable level yeah. as the CSM, and yeah. that was their interaction. Of course, Reyes was never in that position, so it wouldn't be a kind of a it wouldn't be the same kind of an informant. Yeah, I don't know. I I just I don't know. It just. It was very sloppy. Yeah. So we've got this big. Uh, did it, you know? I know you're not a Walking Dead fan, but the uh, yeah. the uh, the mass exodus out of DC looked a yeah. lot like the uh, the mass exodus out of Atlanta in the uh, the very beginning of The Walking Dead, and all the abandoned cars yeah. or the, all the cars yeah. that are stuck there on the bridge together. Yeah. And um, yeah. so we get this scene where Sc- Scully is somehow able to to cut through all the traffic. In uh, in D.C. by just driving up on the shoulders in the sidewalks. Oh, and let's never forget that, that Scully stops a riot by saying, "Go to the hospital," <laughs> and, and holding up the bag of the cure, and is not immediately beaten <laughs> for it. 
Uh, yeah, I just I saw that and I yeah. just sort of had to roll my eyes and go, yeah. okay, well, you know, it's the power of the redhead, I guess. She makes people and, and, do what they want. And let me just say this: if if I'm Agent Miller, I'm kind of ticked off that she didn't bring two bags. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? I'm I'm also surprised. Okay, this is just kind of piling yeah. on. But when she yeah. does finally make it to the car where yeah. Mulder is at death's door, yeah. he could die at any moment. Thank goodness there was time for he, she and Miller to have a nice little chat. Yeah. About, rather than, well, let's go ahead and hook up the IV, even instead yeah. of just talking about it, because it might actually save Mulder's life. Well, okay, so let me, I'll, we're just jump. Spoilers if you haven't seen this episode, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, so Mulder is on death's doorstep, right? Right. And the only cure is William. William's... Who is in Oregon or something. Yeah. But... Uh, I think William's in the spaceship hovering above them. He might be. But anyway, okay, so let's say, for example, okay, um, you have the flu, and you are you make the doctor's appointment for like – you can only get in at like 3 o'clock that afternoon. Well, I sort of saw the bag as the equivalent of getting some like ibuprofen to take to bring down your fever until you can get to the doctor. Why didn't they give Mulder that to keep him going until they got to William? Exactly. Well, I you know, to to be fair, I think they would have – if the yeah. if the giant ship had not come out of nowhere and shined the big spotlight on them, I think that would have been their next step. Even yeah. you know after Scully said only Williams' DNA can save him, but yeah. hey, you know let's hook up the IV and save you and save yeah. I mean save Mulder and save Miller yeah. and anybody else yeah. who happens to be around. But yeah, I, I just don't know how they're going to get that stuff mass produced and out to a, the world population as a whole. Well. Did you get the impression – okay, I, yes, everyone was – looked real pathetic, and they had yeah. you know, the, the sores on their arms and, and the, the blood, bloodshot eyes. And, and I think they uh, – what Tad O'Malley finally mentioned that people were starting to die. Yeah. But I never got the impression that it was a, a um, you know, the stand kind of yeah. illness. It was just everyone is, was going through their regular illness – Progression, but but there was no immune system, so they couldn't recover. So it seems seems like they would have time at least to get it out and save the population of like yeah. the greater Washington D.C. area. Yeah. Or at least you hook up all the doctors and nurses while you're making more, so that they could at least you know treat the symptoms well, to keep the people alive. She did tell that to the the yeah. the nurse yeah. to 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 treat the doctors and nurses first. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, maybe the maybe this whatever it is yeah. the cure however those kind of chemical things are put together they can transmit that via the internet if it's still working yeah. to the other parts of the world. Well of course the internet was still working. Tad O'Malley was still Well that's on. true. Or they could put it up in a and they could always get up in giant balloons and spread the yeah. uh, the cure that way uh, as in V. <laughs> v but anyway, oh, I remember that series. Okay. So that's where we end this uh, this mini season yeah. is with the, uh, the, the now this is a game changer that you cannot pull back from. You yeah. you, you have the giant triangle ship. It's hovering over the whatever bridge in Washington yeah. D.C. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of people standing out there, practically at death's door. But they there's the ship and it's shining the light, and we presume that. Either someone, when we see them again, somebody's going to come down or they're going to be pulled up. And you can't go back from that. The cat's out of the bag. It's a global event. And X-Files is going to change from now on. There's no more, well, the truth is out there. It's the truth is here, you know. 
So it's a huge, <laughs> huge change. <laughs> you not remember season six through nine? Yeah. Well, anyway. But no. But, let, let me, okay, I'll let you finish, and then I will. No, I was just saying. But seriously, that's. That, I think that's the first time that there has been a public event. Now, I mean, not counting like the uh, the the burnings of different people by the the aliens with their eyes, whatever you know. Those were public events too, but they were minor, closed groups of people. This was a a, a ship that's hovering over. Yeah. You know, in a major metropolitan city, and uh, well, you can't get back from that. And with everyone having a cell phone with a, a camera, you would think there's going to be a lot of YouTube video of this, right? And I don't think they care because this is—I mean, as far as what their plot, the aliens' plot was, it's succeeding. It's time to come down and start the colonization because everyone's about to die. So, though I, I will, I will give Chris Carter some credit that there was mentioned that. This plan had begun in 2012, so they could tie in the fact that yes. you know the world didn't end in 2012, but actually it did. The begin, the end of the beginning began. The invasion began in 2012. Yes. Well, it didn't actually begin with ships coming out of the skies, but this contagion started in 2012, yeah. or this the uh, the immune system problem. So yeah, I will give them that. All right, let me just I'm just going to pile on the episode here. Uh, <laughs> now you know that. Chris Carter was going to do a series for Amazon. Was it called like the re- I forgot what it was called? The After? Did you ever watch that pilot? No, I don't think I ever did. Well, I did because you know it was Chris Carter, and I thought, well, maybe he's, uh, maybe this will be like his new X, you know, the new X Files. And I watched it, and it was, it felt a little bit like this, like global event taking place, pandemic, mystery, mystery. We're not sure why what's going on, and I can't help. And then that must. Amazon picked that up for a series, and then it was mysteriously canceled for no reason. Well, probably and because he wanted to do X-Files again. Uh, well, if, if I remember correctly from reading, I think that uh, he was like, oh, I can't do X-Files because I'm committed to this. And Amazon said, well, why don't you go do some X-Files? We'll see you. So he was, that was how he had the opening in his schedule to do this. I couldn't help but feel watching this for having watched that pilot. And this was like two or three years ago, and I watched it once. I couldn't help but wonder if Chris Carter had some ideas for that pilot, and he just kind of transferred them over to here. Yeah, may may very well have done that. You know, did he borrow from himself? And we may never know. Okay, and here's my other thing. So, yes, this this uh, event series season ten was a, a a nice rating success, and yes, Fox is going to do whatever they can to get it back, mm-hmm. either on a either on our TV screens or we're going to get another movie. But let's just say, for example, that this had been – this had gone over like a lead balloon. How irritating would it be for the series to end on a ginormous cliffhanger like that with Carter knowing that, that this might not work? It seems a little – I don't know. I want to say arrogant for him to assume that we're going to be there to eat this up with a, a spoon and a fork again. Yeah. And that he can leave us hanging like this. And, oh, you know, it, you know I mean, at least season nine – whether we liked the uh, the finale or not, at least it gave us some kind of sense of closure. Right, right. Well, you know, the, the, the tagline for this episode was something to the effect of, this is really, truly, truly, no kidding, the end. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's not. It's like, yeah, but I just felt like, and I watched this on my DVR, and I was watching it, and I literally, you know, I was counting commercial breaks, and I'm like, oh, we're into the fifth act. Mm-hmm. And I hit pause, and it said, 
I had like 50, you know, I had recorded 57 minutes. And I had it to run over. So it, I had like four minutes left, and they were just getting to the bridge, and I'm like, oh, there's just no way they can fix everything in time. There's no way they can bring it all in for a landing. Well, I wonder if if he kept a plot idea in his back pocket yeah. Um, yeah. that he might have been able to go out and film something yeah. to the uh, to you know on that bridge where Mulder suddenly woke up and had two minutes of expository dialogue and an alien yeah. came down and and wrapped everything up that he could have gone yeah. out and reshot if it looked like yeah. by episode three yeah. that uh, it was going to tank. Yeah, I guess he could but have. But they found out pretty quickly. Episode one and two did really well, so I could. Yeah. They could probably tell at that point that yeah, we're going to be we're going to do fine these six yeah. episodes. So he didn't have to worry about yeah. that. But yeah, uh, I just wonder. I just wonder if when we get to season eleven, I mean, I mean, this was riding a wave of it had been thirteen years since an episode. The, the second movie was not well received. But it had been long enough that nostalgia was starting to build back for it, and then I don't know. Do you think there's as much enthusiasm for the second go around now that it's over? Well, now that we got to this, you mean to now this the, ending? Well, I haven't really heard. I haven't really. I, I tried to keep away from yeah. a lot of the chatter yeah. before we did the episode, yeah. so I haven't really seen a lot of it yet. Well, I, I looked at the Onion AV Club's review, and, and basically the guy said – he said, yeah, he said, I'm coming back because I love the X-Files. But I, I I feel like that this has been like this, – this these last two episodes were like a bucket of cold water on the enthusiasm where it's not going to be – I don't think it's going to be quite as much as the appointment television right? that it was this time around. It's going to be – it may be one of those, you, you know, you let the DVR catch it because, I mean, this was doing great numbers live and then doing better numbers on DVR catching it. Yeah, but they did they did so much good. There was yeah. so much of the of this yeah. season that was good with the the interaction between the two of them yeah. with the the uh the soul searching, the the fact, yeah. you know, that they're out that yeah. they're wondering about William, that they're yeah. thinking about their own mortality, all those kind of things. So yeah. so much good was starting out yeah. there and then so much of it is just still sort of left unfinished, unanswered. Yeah. Um that I think that the goodwill is still there, but you know, are they going to yeah. stick the landing? Is what you kind of we kind of keep saying, yeah. and and I, truthfully, it looks like it's the same with unfortunately the same as with Gene Roddenberry and George Lucas. Yeah. The more they stay out of it, the better it's yeah. going to be. Yeah, I, I just and I keep thinking to myself, you know, um, I, I read another review by Alan Seppenwall, and he said basically he said they need to take the X Files away from Chris Carter. Which is what they did with Star Wars, you know. Well, and you got The Force Awakens. And well, and I think I think to a greater extent, they need to do to Chris Carter what they did to Gene Roddenberry on after the Star Trek: The Motion Picture Next Generation, which is bump him up to executive producer, give him an office, let him write memos, but don't let him be involved in a day-to-day -day yeah. running of the show. And then you get Wrath of Khan, which is yeah. a masterpiece. So. Or you get Star Trek: The Next Generation seasons, you know, three through seven. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get an announcement fairly soon about a an eleventh season. Do you yeah. would you want it to be another six episode season or a twelve or a movie? What do you think if if we need to? And and then do you think that this should 
for sure be it with the mythology, Mulder and Scully. Do we need to wrap their story up? And if they want to go on with Miller and Einstein and have them do Monster of the Weeks and, and maybe a new, a new mythology, that's great. But with these characters, should this be it? Whatever's next. Well, if you'd asked me after Where Monster, I would say as long as you're going to have episodes like this one, then I will watch them until the cows come home. Because I, I think for the three episodes that were non-Chris Carter, I think this this season was was worth the time. I mean, you, that's a fifty percent ratio of of hits mm-hmm. for me. So, but I I don't unless you're going. I think you would almost need ten episodes if you're going to bring in Miller and Einstein because you need to have time for me to enjoy Mulder and Scully because that was the for me the highlight of these episodes was seeing them together again. You know, let's get the the bang gang back together and have a, some wacky adventures. It's almost like a, a Bing Crosby and uh, <laughs> and Bob Hope you know road movie. Let's get the gang together and put on a show. Right, right. But I don't want to have six episodes where I have to have two where I'm forced to spend time with Miller and Einstein if it's just not clicking. Like, I don't feel like they ever clicked. Like, they didn't even have the chemistry that, that Reyes and Doggett did. No, you're right. And and because Miller was kind of a zero. I mean, I, I, I hate to yeah. keep saying it, but he there was no personality to his character. And we didn't learn anything about his character. We know nothing yeah. about any either of their backgrounds. So that would only help, but yeah. you got to have the charisma of the characters out there from yeah. the beginning. And I think yeah. Einstein did, yeah. But Miller, I don't think did. So I don't, I don't look forward to seeing the two of them sitting in an office with a, a yeah. "Truth Is Out There" poster yeah. and and going after Fluke Man. So, yeah. um, you know, but you know, like I said, if you have ten episodes and you kind of pepper them into two, then. Maybe they would catch on, and I would start to enjoy them more. But um, I just really felt like that, especially in the last episode, they were taking away screen time from Mulder and Scully. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's kind of like you know what they were trying to do with with um, oh I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy who was going to play the Indiana Jones's son that they introduced Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf whatever his name is, that they were kind of trying to to sort of shoehorn him in yeah. as maybe the next Indy. Yeah. You know, and you took away screen time from Harrison Ford and, and and Karen Allen. Well, you know, you took away screen time from the reason that we were there. Exactly. That we wanted to see Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. I don't want to see, you know, uh, you know, but I don't know. Maybe the X Files needs to watch The Force Awakens because that's a a good example of how to pay service to your original characters while introducing new characters. You have to make the new characters the absolute focus and use yeah. your old characters as. Supplements, giving wisdom, yeah. pushing the plot along. You can't do. You can't make in the in this in this series example. You can't make Mulder and Scully the focus, and then do a bunch of episodes about Miller and Einstein or, or Reyes and Doggett. Yeah. You know, because then you're, you're going to get then people are going to tune out. Yeah. So now I think that if you're going to do another season, if you're going to do another return, I think you need to do a four to six episode. Mini series, yeah. mini season, and wrap the whole thing up at the end. I think it's too big for a movie. I don't want to go see a movie. I want to see some more because there's too much out there that needs yeah. to be resolved. Well, I just don't see it. Well, yeah, and I think if you did a movie, it'd be so. It's not going to do all the box off because it'd be so impenetrable to, you know, casual like let's go see a movie on Friday night. Yeah, and it would just be action. I mean, you would just have invasion stuff. Whereas if it's on the yeah. series, 
um, as you know, we we can sp- you can spread that out and have a lot of the character stuff in between. So I'm hoping that they will have another one, but I think it. I hope it's similar to this, but I mean, I, ha- I hate to say it, more mythology. <laughs> but you can have more. Mul- I, mean, well, I think they did a pretty good job of mixing in the mythology yeah. elements with the monsters of the week yeah. episodes. If they could do more like that, but make every piece of it something that moves the plot along to yeah. a lo- to a logical yeah. conclusion at the end of the season. I, I, and I've, I've read, you know, okay, so this is. Uh, I've listened to some interviews with, um, with with Darren Morgan, who wrote some of my favorite episodes. And he said that the way the X-Files writer's room worked was it wasn't – you know we have this image these days of like the Battlestar Galactica writing room where Ron Moore is in there, and they're, they're talking about ideas, and all the writers kind of have an idea of where things are going, You know that they're working together towards yeah. a, uh, the finish line, for lack of a better term. And Darren Morgan said that, no, it wasn't really like that. It was sort of like um, I went off and wrote my episode in my office, and you know Vince Gilligan went off and wrote his episode in his office. So I, I just think maybe X Files, if they're going to come back, they need to look at the. Maybe they need to bring in Vince Gilligan because he was able to. He's been able to do a couple of shows where he's had writers' room, and they all go towards. You know, they draw a finish line, and they all all the episodes work towards it. Well, that's kind of how they did with Lost. I mean, Carl yeah. and yeah. and and Q's. Yeah. They 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 charted out the arc, yeah. but they had other yeah. writers working with them, and yeah. they had a writers' yeah. room where they bounced yeah. ideas around. Yeah. But I get the feeling that the X Files writers' room—it's more like every man is his own island. Yeah. And then they come in, and I think maybe they need to bring everybody into you know one office and throw pencils at the "We Believe" poster. Well, that's see, then that works if you've got a showrunner like yeah. Ron Moore. Yeah. Who's well, even who's if, open to to that kind of thing, but you don't get the idea that Chris Carter is like that necessarily. Well, but he trained, but you know, so many people came from his tree. Of of learning that. I mean, I just think, and this is just me, and I'm biased because I think Breaking Bad is a fantastic TV show. And that was Vince Gilligan who got his start in the X Files. Is you bring in, if you brought in Vince Gilligan for season, what would this be? Oh, season 11? 11, yeah. And you let him showrun it, or you had Glenn Morgan and James Rong showrun it, and let them at least work toward having a cohesive. They would say, okay, this is where we're going to end. Uh, let's say Mulder and Scully find William is the, the end point. How do we get there in these episodes? And each writer builds towards that, then I think it could be good. But I just don't think Chris Carter knows how to tell stories that way. I always get the impression that you know, he was a surfer dude, <laughs> and he just goes, dude, it'd be awesome if I were to like an alien ship that came over. <laughs> and it, it worked well for the first couple of seasons. You know, the spaghetti, throw the spaghetti and see what sticks, but it's not going to work now. And they just need to have somebody who's maybe even someone who can like keep Chris Carter on a leash, you know, like okay, Chris, you can't put in every idea into your script. You have to, you have to cut some of them. Yeah, and I don't know if that's going to happen unless Fox sort of mandates it. And I don't know if if they would if they even recognize that that would be an option, you know, number one, and number two, if they would risk Carter deciding not to do it because I don't know yeah. where the rights go. You know, I don't know. Who has the rights to what specifically, and who has the right to say, I'm not going to do it? Well, Fox owns the show, so they can do whatever they want, I think. Well, I mean, yes, they can do whatever they want, but if they – yeah, you know, it, it, without Carter's if, – if he leaves under you know, not amicable terms, is that you – know, are they going to risk hurting the show in that way? Um, 
I don't know, and, and I guess I come to this from a different, you know, angle than some people, you know, because I'm a fan of, of Doctor Who, and Doctor Who has had so many producers over the years, and they've all put their own kind of stamp on it, but it's still Doctor Who, if that makes sense. I feel like that, ex, you know, oh, even Star Trek, you know, they had so many producers over the years, uh, you know, from original series, and it, but it's still all Star Trek, but you, you can look at it as different eras, and I just feel like maybe some new, someone with some fresh ideas, or some, or someone who could just say to Chris Carter, no, you can't do everything you want to do. Yeah. Well, we'll find out, and hopefully we'll hear, like I said, we'll hear something soon about yep. whether there's going yep. to be something new out there. So, um, off the top of your head, you want to rank the episodes? Sure, I will. I'll just give you my, uh, well, I, I, I'm going to say that My Struggle Part 2 was number 6. Okay. I'm going to say Babylon was 5. <laughs> That's a pretty good number there. I'm going to say My Struggle Part 1 was 4. Uh, I'm going to say the second one, Founder's Mutation, is that what it was called? Yeah. Was, it wasn't up to 3. I'm going to say that Home Again was 2, and I'm going to say Mulder and Scully meet the Were-Monster was 1. And honestly, looking back on it, if that had been uh, Mulder and Scully meet the Were-Monster made this whole six-part thing <laughs> worth it for me. So I guess I'm going to give the season a B-. minus. Okay. Uh, my my list is probably pretty close to that. My number six would be My Struggle Part 1. Uh, my number five would be My Struggle Part 2. Four would be Babylon. Three would be... Uh, ooh. Three would be Home Again. Okay. Two would be Founder's Mutation, and one would be, would be Were Monster. Yeah. And then, and I think we're both, yeah, we're definitely both in agreement that that was the best one. And it wasn't, I mean, it was a, it was a really good episode. Yeah. Um, but actually, I, I, I'll give the whole season, um, I'll, I'll give the whole season a C plus, which okay. is pretty close to yours. Now, do you think? Let's look at Where Monster. You think it ranks up there in the top ten all time X Files episodes? Oh, mm, 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 mm. boy, because there were some. Mm. Okay. Is it See, Jose I, Chung, it comes, you know, class, or is oh. it uh, Clyde Buckman class? Oh, it's not in the same league as Clyde Buckman, but very, very few things okay. for me are. I would say that, mm, and I kind of tend to divide my top ten into top ten uh, mythology and right. Tom top ten monster of the week. I would say, mm, where monster might be number ten on that list. Somewhere between ten and twenty. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably fair. You know, because uh, there were just so many good monsters of the week that were just so genuinely scary, or just did so many things right. And I don't want to—I don't want to put that one in there just because it's new and shiny. <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll need to—you know—we it might be something that we look back on in a, in a year or two and. And look at it differently, especially if we have a new, uh, if there's another season yeah. to compare yeah. it to. Well, we will uh, we will continue to uh, to to ponder and think about the the future of the X Files, and uh, we would love to hear if you have any uh, any feedback on on your. Do you have a, a top six list, yeah. um, and what's your rating for the season, and, and and of course any thoughts on these final three episodes? Uh, please email them to us at the Truth Is Out There Podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah. And our Twitter site, of course, is Out There Podcast, and we're on Facebook and 
Uh, I would say go back and listen to the early episodes of the podcast, but I think that I only have room for a couple at a time on this particular uh, server, so we'll have this one and the last one, and yeah. hope you enjoy it. And Mike, we'll, uh, I guess we'll be back. The next season starts whenever, it, uh, whenever it's out there. Well, we'll do, we'll do it again. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. If you're a 20th Century Fox and you want to throw us a copy of the Blu-ray to review, we will take it. <laughs> <laughs> we would, we would love to. I, I think maybe there could be some extended editions of these episodes on Blu-ray, so maybe once the Blu-ray comes out, if there are extended editions, we might come back and, and give our thoughts then, or if there's like deleted scenes. So it might be like a real short podcast to see, you know, yeah, and, to talk about the extra features. And it might be interesting to watch My Struggle Part 1 and 2 back-to-back. You never know, there yeah. might be something a little bit yeah. different you can kind of glean from that, because there really was not anything that happened in Episodes 2 through 5, except for Miller and Einstein yeah. being introduced that that really reflected on any of the or the the larger arc. I mean, yeah. yes, there was yeah. character stuff with William and and that yeah. kind of thing, but plot wise, there really wasn't. No, <sighs> just so. like the old days of the X Files. Okay, yeah. but anyway. All right. Well, we appreciate everyone listening to us and sticking around. And um, Mike, any final thoughts about the X Files before we sign this off? Well, I just have to say this. Cigarette smoking man is harder to kill than a cockroach. Yeah, we really never talked about him, but you know, what what more is there to say about him? He's just he's always gonna be he's gonna be the last guy standing. It's gonna be him and Mulder having it out and neither of them's gonna be able to kill each other because they're indestructible. So So it's basically Superman versus Batman. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Or <laughs> Zod or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, and uh, we will catch you next time. And until then, the truth is out there. Tell me I'm crazy. Mulder, you're crazy.